You can. Praise God. Good to see you, Hope, this morning. Hope Dean, good to have you with us this morning. Good to have Jody with us this morning. I'm glad you're here. God is good, isn't he? Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. I don't know about you, but we're just practicing for the presence, right? One of these days, we're going to be around the throne room of God, and we're just going to worship, right? We're going to be in the basking in the glory of, of His presence, and what an awesome time that's going to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, God's good. All the time. All the time, God is good. Doesn't these, uh, doesn't these, all our media team look good down here on the floor? I get to see them. I hadn't looked for them up there. Look good down here. Doesn't outstanding job this morning, guys. Thank you so much. They, you know, sometimes uh, the sound men and media team, they, they get a lot of critique, but they don't get a lot of praise, right? But uh, guys, y'all did a phenomenal job, and I really appreciate all of you guys for what you do. Appreciate our our team and their sacrifices they make and our praise team and the sacrifices they make, guys. You guys are awesome. Appreciate you. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. You know, um, it was a pleasure. Last week I showed a, a picture of, of um, Paige and Hannah taking water to Walland School, and um, I, we got all these this week. Yeah. These are all thank yous from the Wallen School, uh, letting us know. You know, they were creative. If you'd like to see some of these, they're super creative. Some great words. Um, so one person even wrote the Pledge of Allegiance. It was great. <laughs> it was super cute, man. Hey, hey, what's ever in your heart, right? <laughs> it, was a, it was just a blessing. You know, how many understand that everybody needs Jesus? Right? And, and when you when you realize that we're called to, to really love people, right? When you look at what Jesus did, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, right? I mean, that's what, that's what his word tells us. He does, and he, tells, he came to make disciples, right? He came to meet needs, and we see what Jesus was doing. And, 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 and our, really, who we are, what we, what we should be doing is, is a, a compassionate community of believers connecting people to Jesus, right? That's what we, that's what we, all we're about is to connect people to Jesus, amen? And, and I think about how much, when I look at Christ Jesus and how compassionate he was, and, and to see the compassion of Christ, I mean, uh, even in the Old Testament, we see God was super compassionate for his people. We can see that throughout the Old Testament, through Genesis and Leviticus and, and all through De Deuteronomy and, and all throughout the Old Testament. I mean, for example, in Deuteronomy 32 and 36, it says, For the Lord will vindicate his people, and he will have compassion on his servants when he sees that their strength is gone and there is none remaining bond or free. Think about that. When he sees their strength is gone, God will have compassion. How many sometimes feel like your strength is gone? Amen. You feel overwhelmed, and, and God is compassionate even to the point when our strength is gone. He steps in and, and vindicates his people. He helps us through the trials. Amen. Second Chronicles 36 and 15 says, Yet the Lord, the God of their fathers, sent word to them again and again by messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. Think about that. I mean, the Lord doesn't want to leave you behind. The Lord doesn't want to leave you out. He sent messengers over and over because he had compassion on his people. He wanted them to know his love. He wanted them to know his care. He wanted them to know that he was there for them to help them through. Amen? Nehemiah 19, 9 and 19 says, you, uh, you in your great compassion. Think about that. God in your great compassion. He was compassionate toward them, did not abandon them in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud did not leave them by day to guide them on their way, nor did the pillar of fire by night. Think about that. God was with them even in the wilderness. Some, how many of you feel like you're in the wilderness sometime? Come on. Well, the, Lord, the word of the Lord says that he led them even in the wilderness. His great compassion was with them even in the wilderness. Thank you, Jesus. I'm here to tell you this morning that God is a compassionate God, and he has compassion on us. 
If you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me there in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, starting with verse 35. Matthew 9, starting with verse 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Verse 36, seeing the people. Come on, say that with me, seeing the people. Seeing the people. Some of y'all might have uh, in your version, and he saw the crowd, right? He saw the crowd, seeing the people. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, I beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. Come on. Father, I pray today, God, that we will be able to understand or see your compassion towards us. And Lord, that that compassion would not just be something that just resonates in us, but Lord, it will be something that we also desire to show and give, God. I pray you'll stir us this morning. Uh, let your Holy Spirit stir each one of us unto good works, God. Building us up and encouraging us, Lord, as we experience your love and your grace and your mercy and your passion and your compassion towards us. God, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When I think about this scripture, I think about compassion. I think about what does it mean? What does compassion uh, really mean? And because we see this in verse 36, it says, when he saw the crowds or seeing the people, he felt or was filled with compassion. Wow. He was filled with compassion for them because they were distressed or harassed or thrown down or cast down and dispirited or helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And in his compassion, Jesus having compassion, the, the biggest thing is that he saw it, right? He's able to see, he's able to look. I mean, what is compassion? Well, the def definition of compassion uh, includes the feeling of sorrow for someone, being sympathetic and being concerned for their welfare or others. And, and when I think about that, it, it's more than just uh, feeling sorry for someone. It's more than just uh, seeing someone in their need because it literally is, is, is it's driving us to do something. Compassion also has been described as entering into the suffering of someone else. Entering into the suffering for someone else. Compassion literally means to suffer together. To suffer together. Think about this, the passion of Christ. Jesus was willing to enter in because passion literally means to, to suffer or to have pain. He was willing to be able or willing to join in to our suffering. He loved us so much that he was willing to suffer for us on the cross of Calvary. Isn't that awesome? Amen. I mean, to think of passion as strong and, and, and bearable, barely controllable emotion, right? Some of us are passionate about a lot of things in life, right? Some of us are passionate about football. We're almost uncontrollable when we're watching the football game, right? I heard an amen over there. Somebody's actually being honest over there, Right? I mean, we, we sit on the edge of our seats. We're chomping at the bits. We're, we're arguing at the quarterback. We think we're better than the coach. You know what I'm saying? We're like uncontrollable. Like, what in the world? Why can't, I could have done better than that. Right? We're the best armchair coaches there are. We can, we can like, if we were, you know, able to jump on the field, we could show them how to do it. We're passionate. We're willing to jump in the, we're suffering with them. Right? Depending on what fan you are, you're suffering sometimes more than others. I'm just saying, right? But we're suffering. <laughs> Jesus was willing to join in their suffering. Uh, when you look at emotional researchers, it's defined as feeling that arise when you when you when you're confronted with somebody else's suffering you feel it that you feel it just rise up in you you see somebody suffering and there's this feeling that rises up in you that motivates you to go and do something for them to help them out of their suffering to help them through their situation or through their trials right i mean look it's it's almost like empathy uh, i mean empathy kind of 
has that feeling of seeing somebody in their suffering. We are empathetic because we can see them in their suffering. But compassion is more than just empathy because it motivates you to do something. Amen. How many know we got to do something? Right? I mean, Jesus was willing and able to see the crowd. He was willing to see the people. How many times do we walk in our life and, and we pass by so many people who are hurting and bro broken? We pass by them and it's as if they're not even a part of our world, as if it's another world that they're in. And, and, and we walk past them as if they're not even there. But Jesus seeing the people, Jesus recognizing that there was something wrong. I believe that there's sometimes we, it's hard for us to see past our own brokenness. Come on. Sometimes we're too busy focused on our own problems and our own situations that it's hard for us to move past our brokenness to see somebody else's broken. Amen. I, I believe that sometimes if we'll just open our eyes to see somebody else, we can realize that we have it pretty good compared to somebody else. Right? There's a whole lot of other people who have it worse than we do. Sometimes we're broken and we project our brokenness on other people. Come on. And, and so we have to be able to allow the compassion of God to touch us, to heal us, so that we can also walk in the compassion of Christ to help heal somebody else. Amen. Amen. When I think about Jesus willing to see, willing to look around, willing to see broken people, I mean, he was willing to see even the untouchable, right? I mean, uh, there's a lot of times that, that churches want to touch people that's just like them, right? We want to touch people that, you know, well, they're not going to cause us too much trouble, right? They're easy to touch, we can love on them. I mean, you know, they can come in and they can contribute all. I mean, they walk in, they just start contributing, right? But when it comes to touching somebody that's going to walk in, it's going to cost you something, right? Somebody's going to, uh, you know, might see a few things missing before you uh, actually realize that they didn't got something, right? Somebody's going to, you're going to have to walk with them a little bit because, you know, they wasn't raised in church. They didn't know how to dress or know how to act or know how to do this or do that, right? And so Jesus was willing to touch even the untouchables. He was willing to love on and see even though I'm outcast, even when everybody else says, stay away from me. You heard me talk about the, those with leprosy last week, and I, and I realized that Jesus was Ill, even willing to see those who were untouchable, right? We see that in Mark chapter 1, verse 41. It says, filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand, and he touched the man. He said, I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. Think about that. Jesus was willing to enter into his suffering. He was willing to enter into his bubble. Look, this guy literally had to stay over 100 feet away from everybody else. I mean, and, and if there was a wind blowing, he had to stay further away because he, he couldn't be close to people because they might be, uh, they, they might be afraid they would catch what he had. So they, they would cover their mouth. They would stay away from him. He would wear a bell. And, and, and Jesus was willing to enter into his bubble, into the place where it was untouchable, into the place where everybody else would not go because they were afraid of him. And Jesus loved him so much. He he said he had compassion on him, right? And that what the verse 41 says, he saw him and he, he was filled with compassion. And not only did he speak healing into him, but he touched him in his bubble. He touched him in his hardship. He touched him in his loneliness. He touched him when everybody else said he's untouchable and he touched him. Amen. Jesus was able to see even the untouchable and love them through it. Thank you, Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus was even able to, to see those he didn't understand. How many know that sometimes we walk away from things we don't understand? What? We see something like, man, I don't know about that. Uh, I'm staying out of that because I, I don't know, boy. But Jesus was willing to even walk into something he didn't understand. He was willing to have compassion for, for those who were struggling. I mean, look, I mean, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 7, uh, verse uh, 13 to 15, it says, when the Lord saw her, he felt or was filled with compassion for her, and he said to her, don't, do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin. Think about that. He touched the coffin, people. 
That was, that was out of custom. And the bearers came to a halt and he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and he began to speak and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Jesus was even willing to see things he didn't understand. Even when, when we don't understand it, Jesus is willing to see it. Folks, we've got to be able and willing to step in even when everybody else is walking away. Amen? We've got to be able to love even when everybody else is saying, I, I don't understand. I don't know why. Jesus was, <laughs> Jesus was willing to see even when we think it's, they deserve it. Right? I mean, how many have ever been uh, raised with your parents saying, well, they made their bed, they'll just have to lay in it. Come on. They did, they, look, they got themselves into that. They can get themselves out. Ain't that, some, how many of y'all said that before? And yet Jesus was willing to, to, to reach out even when people deserved how many know that you deserved? Come on. <laughs> I mean, even when we deserved hell, even when we deserved punishment, even when we deserved the worst, God's grace was sufficient. Even in our sickness, in our, sickness, in our weakness, God's grace was sufficient for us. Amen? I mean, I look at the story of the prodigal son and, and look at Luke chapter 15 and verse 20. Uh, before that, here's this young man who had received the wealth. He received his inheritance and he went out and squandered everything, right? And he was living in the pig pen. He was literally eating the slop from, from the uh, pig's pen and said, wait a minute, what am I doing here? I mean, I, I could go back to my father's house and at least have something better than this. And the Bible says that in verse 20, it says, so he got up and he came to his father, but while he was still along the way, think about that, while, while he was still along the way, his father saw him. And he felt or was filled with compassion for him. And he ran and embraced him and he kissed him. Come on. I mean, look. There's a whole lot of people who deserve what they've got. They, they've squandered the, their blessings. They've squandered what they've been given. They've, they've misused. They have thrown away. They have caused their parents pain. They have... They've caused a lot of society a struggle. But yet Jesus shows us here that the Father is looking. Come on. The Father is looking for those who are broken so that he can reach out to them. I guess the first part of that is you've got to realize that you're a child of God. You have to realize that you are created in Christ Jesus, that God loves you, that he cares about you, and you're a child of God. And as a child of God, God is compassionate towards you. He loves you. Even when you have made mistakes, even when you have been broken, he still is compassionate. He still cares. He still wants to touch you. He's still looking for you to walk back. Come on. Somebody says, well, I, I, I need to be found by God. But the same place you left God, he's still there waiting on you to come back. He's still looking. He's got the binoculars out I see the sun coming come on son and, and and not only that he takes off running after the sun to embrace him that's compassion we live in a world that wants to kick us while we're down right and that's what the world does man we got them where we want them let's kick them while they're down and sadly, is, is sometimes that infiltrates the church. Right? And it's, it's as if we think that we're not broken. As if we think we're perfect. As if we think that everything in our world is perfect. So, I mean, you know, we don't need that mess up. We don't need that kind of trouble. Aren't you glad that where the Lord found you that somebody didn't say, we don't need that trouble. Come on. You've heard me tell my, my story. Look, they, they were parents, came to the youth pastor and said, we don't need that kid. Yeah, he, he will just cause trouble. And guess what? They wasn't wrong. They wasn't wrong. But thank God that a youth pastor had been that same kid one day. <laughs> Who, who they told him he will just cause trouble, and he did. 
but he loved me. He had compassion on me. He, the compassion that was given to him by God, he shared to me. And thank God for compassion. We need to be able to look at the world and see that there are broken people out there. And, and this craziness going on, we can say, look, let them make their bed and lie in it, right? We can look at riots. We can look at all the chaos. And we can say, man, those, those people are going crazy. And guess what? They are. We've not been in their shoes, many of us. We've not had to face some of the injustices that some of them have faced, right? Now, I don't believe that all of it is proper. I don't believe all of it's uh, actually good intentions. I don't believe all that. But I, I, I will say this, that injustice causes people to get stirred up. It causes, causes reformation. It causes something to say, this has got to change, Right? I mean, if you've ever been falsely accused of something, it don't feel good, does it? Right? And we sense that, and it causes us pain because we know truth, right? And so, therefore, we want justification. We want righteousness to take place. We want God to intervene. And it stirs us. It causes pain in us. And we recognize that the same passion that God gave us, we got to give to somebody else. Amen. Amen. Jesus, I mean, he looked at Jerusalem and, and knowing what would take place in Jerusalem, he knew that, that when he entered into Jerusalem that they would reject him. He knew that when he entered into Jerusalem that they would, that they would uh, not accept who he was. Although they were shouting out, Hosanna, although they were looking at him in the moment thinking this is the king, he knew that in a few moments that he would be taken into court. He knew that he would be beaten. He knew that he would face death. He knew that he would be crucified. But yet out of his love and out of his passion and out of his care, he wept for them who were broken. Mm. That's what compassion does. That's what compassion does is that when somebody's broken, even when you feel their brokenness, even when you have to, to walk with them, how many know that, uh, how many have ever had to, to pick up a wounded dog? It's probably going to bite you, right? My, my, my oldest little dog, I got, I got a couple little schnauzers, right? My little toy schnauzers. And, and my oldest is 11 years old now. She was so sweet, was so sweet. <laughs> And she'll jump in your lap now and, you know, like she wants you to pet her. But if you touch her in the wrong place, she gets to aching in some places these days. You know what I'm saying? And if you pet her in the wrong place that might have a little pain, she's going to reach back and get a taste of you. Right? And when, when, when you're walking with people who are broken, you might touch some of their pain. You might get into some of their struggle and you might feel some of that. You might get bit a little bit by their struggle. You might get bit by their pain, but that doesn't mean you cast them off. It doesn't mean you throw them out of your lap, so to speak, right? Because Jesus, in his compassion on the cross, was bit by the people. And he looked out across the congregation congregation if you will and he said father forgive them for they don't know what they do that's compassion that's love that's that's the grace of God in the middle of our struggle that's reaching in and loving and caring for look there's a world who needs to be touched there's a world who needs to experience the love of God there's a world who needs the, to experience the the healing power of, of God and, and it's through us. How many know that we've been called the light of the world, right? Jesus said you're the salt and you're the light and so therefore it's through us that, that healing comes. It's through us that touches people's life. It's through us that we connect people to the power of Jesus Christ that can heal and can deliver and can set free. It's Jesus Christ but God uses us to bring them in. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, right? Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus was moved enough to care. 
Thank you, Jesus. I mean, think. Jesus went from village to village to community, loving on people. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. Jesus was moved through the towns. He was moved through the villages. Jesus was moved to teach in the synagogues, to preach good news to the kingdom. Jesus was moved that he, was, that he went where he could, and everywhere he went, he healed every disease and sickness. Look, he could have complained, right? He could have, you know, he, he could have gotten exasperated with the way people treated him. He could have said, forget these folks, right? At any moment, just I'm going to wash my hands from these guys. These guys, they don't love me. They don't, they don't care. They, they don't even know what they're getting, right? But he was willing to love them through their stuff. He was willing to care for them through their pain. He was willing to love them in the midst of their hurt. Jesus was searching for people to show compassion to. And it says this way, he was seeking to save the lost. He was searching out people that he could care for, people that he can love on. He was mindful of other people's needs. He was mindful to love and care and show compassion. But as Jesus gazes out at the masses, the Bible says that he, see, he saw those who were distressed, who were helpless. And, and I'll, I'll be real. Sometimes we get in the mindset we're looking for people that can help us, right? We're looking for people who can benefit us. We're looking for people who can, you know, what can we get from this? You know, what's, what's in it for me? Isn't that, I mean, isn't that what the world teaches us? Isn't that how we look at things? Even in the church mindset, we're looking, well, you know, how can, how can they help? And sometimes it's not that somebody needs to help. Guess what? Yes, we need help. Ooh, come on. But sometimes somebody just needs to come in and sit. Sometimes somebody just needs to be helped. And we need to love them through. We need to help them. And we need to care for them and comp be compassionate towards them in their struggle. Jesus saw them. He realized how helpless they were without someone to guide them. Think about that. He realized that, look, they were distressed. They felt outcast. They've been thrown out without someone to lead them, without someone to guide them. Look, they had religious leaders who had actually put more on them than they could bear. They had religious ones who had bound them with yokes that was not even able themselves to bear. And so therefore they felt overwhelmed. And Jesus said, look, here they are distressed without a shepherd to lead them. Here he was, this divine compassion to those who were poor in health, those who were gathering together because they had seen or heard something. Look, how many know that when people see something uh, vibrant, they see something lively, they see something life-giving that they want to go to it, right? And God's calling us to be that people, right? He's calling us to be life-giving. He's calling us to be healing. He's calling us to be embraced, to embrace and to care for and be compassionate to those who are in need. Amen. Amen. These people gathered. And he saw the crowds and he looked around and said, Man, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Look, man, I, I look across this church, and man, there's a whole lot of things, right? I look across the neighborhood. I, mean, I, I look at manna. Man, we, wow. We're feeding close to 200 families a week. Not people, 200 families. We're feeding close to 200 families a week. They come through, and they get food. And, and man, that's a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. To be able to touch somebody's life. But how much more impactful would it be to have someone sitting out there saying, hey man, we're going to pray for you today. How much more impactful would it be to say, you know what, I don't know what you're going through today, but I've got a word for you. And be able to have a scripture to say, man, this is what the Lord says for those who are struggling. This is the love of God. This is the compassion of God. Because 
you're not alone. You're not by yourself. There's a, there's a people who's praying for you. There's someone who wants to hold your hands up when you're struggling. There's someone who wants to walk with you on the journey. I, look, I, I've, I've had people say, you, you talk to them and have them say, man, you, don't want, you want none of this, <laughs> right? There's going to be people that's going to push you away because of their bro- brokenness. But that doesn't mean you stop. That doesn't mean you give up. I saw someone on, I think it was, I think it was Marvin this morning. Marvin had a mask on that says, don't give up. Right? You can't give up on people. What if somebody gave up on you? What if somebody quit and said, man, I'm tired. Man, you have caused me so much. I am done with you. Some of your, some of your parents said that about you, right? I am done with you, kid. But aren't you glad that somebody loved you enough to not give up? Somebody cared about you enough to, to keep on. And here's what, here's what really catches me is that the Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the people and their helplessness. But then he, he looked at his disciples, right? He calls his disciples. He said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He wanted them to catch the vision. He wanted them to understand, look, guys, you see what I'm doing? Guess what? You can do also. You see the compassion that I have for these people? I mean, look, one disciple, one disciple looked at the crowds at one event and said, Lord, send them away. We don't have, we can't do that. Right? I mean, he looked in the, he looked in the treasure chest and said, hey, mm, this might be a, this might be a Taco Bell night. You know what I'm saying? He said, I don't, I don't know, Lord. We can't do that. There's not enough food. We don't have enough money. We don't have time to go to the stores. Send them away. Look, and Jesus wanted them to understand. No, he said, you feed them. There's too many times we're looking for somebody else to do what God's called us to do. You may not feel like you can lead a man of ministries and thank God for the Stotts who are so passionate and called of God, who love to serve. Man, they are phenomenal. Yes, amen. You may not feel like you can lead a man of ministries, but guess what? There's somebody that God connects you to on a regular basis that you can touch. There's somebody that, that there's divine appointments that you come across in your daily life that need Jesus Christ and cause everybody needs Jesus and we are to connect them to Jesus. Amen? We're to be that piece in the puzzle that God, of life that God uses to love on somebody, to help them through all of their trials. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor Dyer. Come on. I just pray that God gives us the vision as he could see that we can see. Amen. That we could also have the same compassion. Look, I, I, I've heard of stories of, and stories of what God's done. And, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm heading toward a closing if somebody wants to come play softly. And if you just want to be a, a pianist, it doesn't have to be. Uh, Brother Youngblood, how many, how many remember Brother Sam Youngblood? Great guy. You know, I, I had the privilege of working in Lawrence County for a little while. And in Lawrence County, um, there's, there's a, a ministry called God's Storehouse. And, and I went to the God's Storehouse multiple times. And, and didn't even realize that Sam Youngblood started God's Storehouse probably 30 years ago now. But it's now a thriving ministry throughout uh, all of Lawrence County. People, it has a thrift store where people come. It's kind of like, uh, like a carm here, there. But he, he lo- Sam Youngblood had a, had a passion for people. He saw broken people. He saw hurt people, and he wanted to love them. 
He wanted to make sure their needs were met. He, wanted to, he, he, he hated to see somebody go hungry. He hated to see somebody without. And so he wanted to, to really impact the community. Well, Brother McGarity, you and I have had the pleasure of being a part of some legacy of Sam Youngblood. And, and, and we call it Mana Outreach Ministries today. And Mana, Mana Outreach Ministries is, what, 22 years old, something like that? 21, 22 years old? Think about that. That ministry has been going on. It's, it, is, it is the largest distributor of food in our county. Isn't that crazy? And guess what? It has Alcoa Maryville Church of God before it. It's a ministry of this church where somebody was compassionate enough to see broken people and love them. It's not something that we just throw money at. It's something that we are involved. And, and, and out of that, guess what? We have God's Kitchen that falls under the umbrella of our outreach. We have CR, Celebrate Recovery. Isn't that amazing? Well, we can show compassion to people who are hurting and broken. God's using us for a purpose. But I'm praying that we will all catch that vision of compassion. Amen? That we'll all catch the vision of being able to love on someone else, be able to help them in the middle of their trials. Look, I was in, uh, y'all can go ahead and start playing, yeah. I was in um, San Pedro Sula, Honduras. And I'd only been there probably six months. And someone introduced me to another ministry. I, I, look, wherever I am, I like to get, I like to find what's, what, where the need is and let's dive in. Let's get in, right? And so a, a friend of mine had a ministry in the dump. And here, you, you go to the dump and, you know, ours, you know, they got all pipes out and they got these, you know, they put dirt over it so you don't hardly smell anything you know, you walk in, but in San Pedro Sula, it's a city of around 2 million people. And the garbage trucks will come in and, and as the garbage trucks roll through the, the entrance, there's 20, 30 people lined up, jumping on the back of those garbage trucks. And they're, and they're tearing open bags, trying to find something to sell, something to that might be have some kind of value that they can make money from. Some of them are there to pull out metal to recycle. And, and, and we would pull up and, and, and we would go into a somewhat clear area and we'd set up a tent and we would put chairs out. We'd bring in a truckload of five-gallon jugs of water and we bring in big baskets of what we call baleadas. If you've ever been to Honduras, you know what a baleada is. A tortilla with beans and a little cheese in it. And, and, and these, the, the folks would pull off from what they were doing. And we'd come over. And we'd give them a glass of water. Give them a baleada. We'd set them down, give them some shade from the, the Central American sun beating down on them. But these little kids, you think, well, it's just men, you know, men, they're doing their thing. But you have mamas out there with babies in hand going through garbage. And they'd walk up and, and literally, I mean, some of these kids didn't even have shoes on. You're thinking, man, it's so dangerous. And flies would literally cover your shoes as you walked into the into the mess the stench I can't get the stench out of my nose even today it smacks you in your face it just hits you amen sorry First time I went, I was overwhelmed 
uh, just seeing all of the brokenness and thinking, why can't somebody do something about this? Why can't somebody build a house? Why can't somebody give them food? Why? Why? Why, why is this happening? Sorry. I watched one. So I started taking groups out there because I'm like, look, is it? If at least I can do is bring them some water and food to thank you, Jesus. I had a group from Lee University that I was taking down, and man, it broke me, dude. This this kid, he saw them, and man, all he could think of was, I got to clean some feet. And I watched that young man kneel down in the garbage and these children he'd set them up on the back of the truck he'd just wash feet <laughs> man guys we have it so good we're so blessed we don't but there are people out even in our neighborhoods there are children who are struggling without yeah we could say well their parents are we can call them all kinds of names, right? Is that the child's fault? But they're people who need Jesus. They're people who need love. And just like these, these kids that I've brought into that dump to love on people, I pray that we capture that something around us captures us to the point that it drives us to do something. One of the most impactful times was I took a group in there and Kim and I were supporting a little school. We were paying some scholarships for some kids to go to a school in San Pedro Sula. And I'd been around these kids, I'd seen them, I'd been in their classrooms, you know, loved on these kids and seen them in all their uniforms that we'd helped them purchase and it was awesome. But on this day in the dump, here's this little girl, she comes running, Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul, I'm thinking, who in the world and how do you know me? She just wraps, wraps up on me. I'm thinking, who are you? I take my sleeve and <laughs> do a little windshield wiper thing there. You know what I'm saying? Say, what, who are, and, and it hits me. This is one of the kids that we're sponsoring in the school. And this is how she lives. This is how her parents provide food in her home. You don't know who you're touching. You don't know who you're impacting. I see, I'm driving up the road the other day and, and I see a guy and he's scraggly and he looks rough and, and I, I'm behind a vehicle. I'm behind, okay, so I'm on my motorcycle. And I'm behind a truck that smells like a cigarette, you know, because you can smell everything. And I see this guy walking and, and it's all this emotions feeling. I'm like, God, I don't know what these guys in front of me or what this guy's going through but God I pray Lord find a way to touch their lives find help help me be compassionate enough to when I see somebody that I can touch that I can touch them help me be caring enough that when when I see people that I'm moved with compassion to help just as you were moved with compassion to help is that your prayer? Is that your desire? Because that's the kind of church I believe God's called us to be. To truly be a compassionate, caring people. Compassionate community of believers that's really connecting people to Jesus. It starts with us, right? And, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, I, I struggle enough trying to just keep up with y'all. And forgive me when I don't. But I look at our children's ministry. In, in any given Sunday, we can have up to 35 kids in children's church and, 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 
And they're pulling their hair, hair out by their, we need help, pastor. Are we willing to show compassion? Look at our youth ministry. Any given Sunday, we can have, you know, 20, 25 young people. If we can get them here at the same time. We need help, Pastor. We think of manna. We need help. There's plenty of places where we need you. We need people who are compassionate, who's willing to step in and say, Pastor, this is what I can do, and this is how I can help. Please plug me in. Amen. Is that your passion? Is that your desire? Would you just stand with me right now? You know, we've had multiple people that's been in the hospital over the last couple of weeks. We've had ones with knee surgeries, and we've had some folks over the last year who've who find themselves as widows and widowers. We've got a lot of people who need to be touched, who need to be shown compassion. And I believe God's calling you to be that people. Will you accept that call? Will you accept that challenge today? We need you. The Lord hath need of you. Amen. Father, I thank you that you were compassionate towards us. And Lord, there's some folks even in this room this morning that that maybe feels like they've been the outcast. Maybe they feel distressed and thrown out. Maybe they feel like they're a sheep without a shepherd. I pray that today, God, that your compassion that, is, that fails not, your love that is, that is overwhelming will touch them today, encourage them. Lord, I pray that you will call us, that you'll put a, a passion and a stirring in our spirit today, Lord, that you will give us a hunger and a desire to be a part and do our share in the kingdom of God. Lord, help us to see the needs in our area just as you went from town and community and synagogue and and everywhere you went, you recognized the needs and you were moved with compassion and you touched and you loved and you delivered and you saved and you forgave. God, help us to be that people. Help us to have that same stirring in us, God. Help us to carry on, Lord, just as your word tells us that you say, and greater things shall you do in my name. God, help us to carry on the works that you did. Help us to fulfill your purpose. Help us to fulfill your plan. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 says, following the scriptures that we read as our text. And it says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them the power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Lord, I believe that the harvest is plentiful and you are empowering us as your vessels to reach the lost. Today, let us accept that mantle. Today, let us walk in that victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we go, if there's, I just feel like I need to do this. If there's someone that says, Pastor, I need a touch from God today. I need you to pray for me. Would you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Yeah. Someone else. Someone else. Yes. Yeah. You see these hands? Would, yes. Yes. 
Can we agree with them right now? How many know that God's able to step into their, their situation, right? Can we agree? Look, we started with the Lord of the breakthrough, right? There's a breakthrough. Can we believe right now for breakthrough in these situations? Father, Lord, we know that there's a list of prayer requests on the back of our bulletin. And, and, and God, we, we agree right now for, for healing and hope, for intervention, for alignment, God, in every one of those situations. And Lord, we pray, God, that as you, as these folks in this room right now raise their hands, they raise their hands in faith, God declaring that we need a touch from God. They raise their hands in faith saying, I know God is able to step in and intervene in our situation. And Lord, we ask for the alignment of, of, their, of their lives to be in line with your kingdom plan right now. As it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. God, right now, intervene. God, break every curse, break every chain. Lord, loose them from every grasp of the enemy. Lord, let the power of God that is greater in us as the temple of the Holy Spirit that is greater than the world. God, I pray that you'll rise up in them, bring hope in their lives, bring deliverance in their homes, God. Lord, let a, a, a strength rise up in them, an anointing, God, to fulfill your purpose and your plan. Lord, let your glory be revealed, Father. I pray for this church, God, that you'll help us to be kingdom-minded, that we will see the presence and power of God show up, that the gifts of the Spirit of God will be evident and imminent in this place, God, as we surrender to your plan and your will, God. Let you be glorified. Let you be glorified. Let you be honored. And let the compassion of God, as we have received it, flow through us. In Jesus' name.